Galactic Holonet. Welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. Joining me today is ship's engineer Alex Robeck, better known as Anti Grapus. What's going on, Alex? Not much. Man, um, I, we also have Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sozin. What's up, Sozin? Pretty good. Hey, when are you going to give me a real job on this uh, pirate ship, Ricky? Um, I don't know. I mean, at some, you've effectively been good at lots of stuff. And so it's like, where do you put a, you don't drill a guy down like that, right? I just want you wandering around, making things more efficient in various small areas. It works perfectly. Mm, okay. So I'm kind of like your head of HR. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, you're not like Toby in the office, but uh, you're like a, the the better version of that. Got it. And, uh, guys, we can and can't do that, but this is totally a great idea. Um, all right. Finally, um, by uh, by, I don't know what kind of miracle, but somehow um, Paul Heaver, better known as Fever, I guess, like you're better known as Paul Heaver. Like really, like yeah. let's be fair. Paul is joining us to talk uh, about uh, a some uh, new information uh, regarding you know some some news articles today, and then maybe give us some meta talk about some existing ships that he has some expertise in. Paul, what is up, dude? Yar, I'm a pirate. <laughs> you are a pirate today. We will take you on our runs any day. We'll just kill an extra Tie Fighter or a wing or I don't know. Um, Anyways, um, so you're you're in today, and it is the booty section. Um, we may as well start with you. What sort of booty do you have to bring to the pirate ship? Not much, actually. I, I didn't actually win anything, but I've uh, I'm five and zero right now in the um, in the Vassal League that they're having for Reddit. Well, that's winning five games. Yeah, it's not winning nothing. Well, there's no booty to, for me to show. It's it's all digital yeah. booty. Actually, but, but there is some booty. You, you are in there running to win some sick uh, Team Covenant templates and tokens. There you go. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm 5-0 I'm oh there. Uh, I played the, the same list every week, which was kind of cool. What did you play? I played um, Poe and a Stress Bot from Worlds, and then I took the, um, the Y-Wing and the Z-95 that I had, and I squished them together and made Ezra out of it. And I took, and so I had a thirty-six point Ezra as my my third ship. Interesting. And he's got push and a push and a turret, and yeah. and, and crew Baca. Yep. Cool. And he was he was a beast, right? He was great for you. Yeah, he has like seven hit points, and uh, he shrugs off damage like nobody's business. He, he's actually pretty good. So, what do you think about uh, crew Baca versus other crew? We had a discussion. Um, I'm going to say. Uh, about a week or two ago talking about the attack shuttle and what crew to put on R2D2, C3PO, or Crew Baca. Um, what do you think about Crew Baca makes it the superior uh, crew on that ship? Well, I couldn't put R2D2 because he was on Poe. Mm -hmm. And I don't like C3PO on two agility ships. So I went with Crew Baca. And he does get rid of at least uh, terrifying criticals, which I think are going to be. Oh, yeah. More apparent, right? Yeah, he, he got rid of direct hits for fairly regularly. Uh, Sozin, do you have anything, uh, any sort of booty for the uh, pirate ship? Not really. I mean, I guess I got a bunch of likes on FFG forums for... <laughs> <laughs> does, does that count? Man, 
Like, I promise you that is not going to be the worst booty section of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I released the uh, time series view of the bunch of juggler data. Um, and actually I'd released it a while ago, but it got stale. And so I refreshed it all. Um, so we'll put in the show notes, but it's pretty sweet. You can go in and kind of look at how the X-Wing meta has evolved over time. And um, it's, it's neat. You can, you can actually really watch like, Hey, this is where they re- release the, uh, you know, the TLT and wow, yeah. look, look how the Y wing just spiked up in terms of popularity. And, you know, Hey, look, this is when they introduced, uh, what was another great upgrade for a ship, uh, auto thrusters. And look, there go the, uh, the interceptors there. Watching, watching whisper go up and down is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her pop, her popularity tanked after they, uh, nerfed her. No surprise. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. I still got a bit more to do. Uh, Juggler is, of course, telling me that he wants to see all the data expressed, not in terms of the count of the number of uh, ships, but the number of points spent on each ship, which should make cheap ships like TIE Fighters be less dominant. Because right now, if you look at the graphs, TIE Fighters are everywhere. I thought the graphs were incredibly... Um... I guess gives you it, it gave you uh, me um, a very visual representation of what's being played. Like and and it's weird to think about it, but when you see it visually, it like starts to uh, inform your decision. That I didn't necessarily. Um, I mean, I guess I sort of mentally knew it, but I didn't expect it. I must be more of a visual learner than I thought. But um, yeah. I thought it was really interesting for when it comes to viewing the meta. Mm, yeah, you're definitely not alone there. I think many people learn visually. Um, mm-hmm. Although the kind of the next thing I'm excited about doing is building some sort of visualization that clusters together the upgrades that are spent on ships. Mm-hmm. So you can say, hey, I'm interested in what kind of upgrades normally get taken on Poe, for example. Um, and that it'll break down for you in some visual fashion, uh, kind of common upgrades, build outs that like, you know, there are certain archetypes that people put into ships, like the 35-point Sunter, for example, or a 34-point uh, Jake, or um, you know, 29-point Popmobile, Pop yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I have been doing with Juggler is tracking lists over time, but I think I can actually make it more atomic and start tracking kind of sh- uh, pilot build-outs, uh, which I think is just as informative. I think if you had the ability to drill down into the points, like... Um I don't know. God, that's rough. Um, but I see where your head's at on that. Yeah, so that's my booty. Nothing else to report. <laughs> um, Alex, what sort of booty do you have uh, for the pirate ship? Um, I went to a store championship this past weekend. Yeah. I took a uh, uh, push-the-limit dash with uh, proton rockets and then everything else you fancy you can put on dash. And then I took uh, VIPO with R2-D2 and auto thrusters. And ended up doing pretty well. I went four and one in Swiss. I ended up with the highest MOV in my bracket. And then in the elimination rounds, I won my first game and then lost in the finals to a Fat Han, which is like the arch nemesis of Dash. Yeah, and you don't expect to see him a lot. Yeah, no. And that guy was extremely good. He went undefeated the all day. So what was it what was he flying? Han and what else? Uh three bandits. Hey, hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there was actually a, a guy, uh, a local guy here who did well in a uh, store championship, won it with uh, Han and Jake. Like, 
that's like what he played for a while for like a year was uh-huh. Han and Jake. And uh yeah, he did he did very well. Fat Han is still still out there. Yeah, well you know BMF won the Galactic Cup with uh, Han and Jake. Yeah. Um so uh how'd you feel about your your dash and pole list? I ended up really liking it. As long as you don't hit like large base ships with engine that are higher pilot skill than dash, like you can just do all sorts of fun things. You just fly all over the board. You can position yourself so dash can only only be shot at by one ship, and just you know being able to target lock focus with four dice, it it can really demoralize your opponent when you keep getting four hits. So I've got to. I'm just going to throw this one out there. Um, what do you think uh, of? Th- do you think that um, you're going to throw in Kanan when he comes out into that list, or do you keep it as is with Guile? That that is a it's a hard question, right? It's a hard question. It's not an easy upgrade. I, right now, I'm leaning towards sticking with Kyle because Kyle is so good. But like, I, I would definitely try both out. Being able to move fast around the board is also pretty valuable. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have to ask. You you just said you know kind of shutting down engines. I think we have another piece of booty in the house tonight in the form of a one-point Boba Fett that can shut down engines. <laughs> Paul, congratulations on finally getting your card released. Yeah. Yay. I mean, uh, it's not like getting your own faction, but <laughs> Paul, you you released... I, I feel like you mic-dropped today in the most... In, in, in the only, like, cool isn't the right way to put it because we're talking about, like... like cards for a board game but it is really cool man yeah some people just want to see the world burn yeah it's you (laughs) like i'm done i'm leaving this place scorched earth (laughs) all right so what uh so the boba fett crew just came out um tell us about the card and what it does and what your your thought process was when you said hey i get to make a card well um it was it was uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, after winning the 2014 Worlds, so this is 15 months ago, mm-hmm. uh, they, they do have kind of a, a long lag time between uh, when when you win and when the card actually comes out. Um, I I saw what was coming, and and what was coming was the scary you know two ship meta where where everything's either decimators or Hans with engine upgrades, mm-hmm. and and I said okay, I just want a card that destroys engine upgrade. Like literally I went to Alex and I was like, literally it could be any card. If it just says destroy all opposing engine upgrades, you know, <laughs> I don't care that that's fine. And then he, uh, he said, Oh, well I have, uh, I have a slot open for Boba Fett. He wasn't happy with any of Boba Fett's abilities that he was working on. So, so let's, you know, take your idea and, and make it actually playable. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, it went through playtesting and everything. And, and ta-da, we have Boba Fett who breaks engine upgrades, among other things. Yeah, yeah. He, he does a little bit more than just kill engine upgrade now, though. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll take out Palpatine, you know, throw him down a, a reactor well or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> So, so for one point um, at, at, in a crew slot, where do you think that he sort of slots in a list uh, for for scum? Uh, the the houndstooth. 
is is really what I was aiming for with the the card. So um, you think Houndstooth Mango Cannon or what's yeah, that? I mean, just Houndstooth. Just <laughs> take the Houndstooth, take a Gunner and Tactician and and Boba Fett, and you have like what? He's thirty seven points. You have tons of room for other stuff, and uh, just roll with it, and and you know. Just hang out in the back and pretend you're a shuttle and uh and just take shots and eventually you'll get a crit through on somebody or or they'll they'll freak out about Boba Fett being there and they'll they'll concentrate on you, which um, leaves your other sixty some odd points to run around and do whatever. So that that's mainly what I aimed it for is uh is that ship. because um, it's really cool and has doesn't see enough play. And there's so many great combinations you can make with three crew slots. But yeah. Yeah, he Kills, uh, and during playtesting, um, he was either loved or absolutely hated by the playtesters. This is something that I was going to bring up is that that is absolutely like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, it seems like there are like four or five forum posts that are, oh my God, Boba Fett, that's so rad. And there's like, oh man. How dare, like, God damn that card. That's going to ruin everything. I think that that is awesome. Not my yeah. R3A2. No. Yeah. Like, oh no, <laughs> screw your meta. <laughs> That's what I like about this card is uh, that it basically kind of fixes broken cards in one fell swoop. It's like with this one card, you can sort of, you can hedge against things like TLT or R3A2 or engine upgrade or, you know, Palpatine or whoever. It's it's kind of neat in that in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy it'll it'll kind of push generics without upgrades back into the meta. Um I know like if you listen to Major Juggler, he talks about how um the you know blue B Wing and the Z ninety five and everything are kind of getting pushed out by TLT Y wings as as your filler ship of choice in in scum and and rebels. Um so you know, having Boba Fett around to just pop the because uh, it's really easy to get through three shields and then put a crit on a on a Y wing. Mm-hmm. So, so pop the the TLT off of it, and then it's it's you've definitely done more than six points worth of damage. Yeah, it's suddenly been you absolutely ruined like the enemy's uh, whole plan. Um, so we we did want to we we want to cover. Uh, the T seventy X wing. We we decided that we're going to go into week by week, come talk about one subject and how it's sort of affecting the meta right now and the game right now, and what you should know about it. Where and we're going to kind of zoom in on something that Paul's very, you know, he's got an expert opinion on this because it's a ship that he flew to the world championship. We want to talk about the T-70 X-Wing and why it's doing well, what what sort of things you should be looking for, and um, what sort of things that like we should uh, be talking about with the T-70. And uh, Alex, I know you have a little bit of, you have a couple of thoughts on this, so why don't you go ahead and uh, start us up on that? Um, I guess the first thing to talk about is sort of like, what are what are the strong points of the T seventy? What makes it so good? And for me, at least, what stands out is um, shield regeneration. Poe can take R five P nine. They all can take R two D two. Being able to regenerate one shield a turn is one of the strongest abilities. 
out there right now. And so being able to have two T70s that both can regenerate a shield is, is pretty strong. Being equipped with boost, boost is a uh, great action, and it lets you equip auto thrusters, which is also one of the strongest cards out there right now. And then it gets the awesome Talon roll, which, you know, is it makes your, your, your turning, the times when you have to turn around far less predictable than, you know, if you only have one K turn. So is it a combination of the uh, dial? So a question that I have is, is it just Poe? Um, is, cause you see a ton of Poe doing well and Poe's got, you know, a couple of builds. He's got what I'm going to call at least two main ones. If you're going to go R2D2 or if you're going to go, uh, I guess, I mean, I don't even see people running BB8 as often anymore. No, no, you almost never see BB8. Um, well, I mean, you'll still see him occasionally, but I mean, in, in the top tables, you won't see him too often. It's, it's regen all the way. So tell me about like what you're thinking when you're running Poe, Paul, because you've run him, uh, you know, obviously a bunch of times and you're running him often. What is it about him that makes him like a ship that you want to throw into your list as opposed to any other rebel ship? The short form of it is I made a, a spreadsheet. I called it um, TLT dot, you know, XLSX. And um, oddly enough, <laughs> it was a it was just how do different ships survive against TLTs? And uh, for Rebels, um, I think there there weren't many ships for Rebels that that had a, a greater than one ratio of of killing TLTs faster than TLTs kill them. Um, unfortunately, having two agility kind of sucks when you're you're fighting TLTs. Uh, you you almost always still take the, the damage anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that cut a lot of ships out, and um, it also did uh, the T seventy itself did actually fairly poorly on on the TLT spreadsheet as well until I you know did the numbers for Poe, and assuming Poe had an eyeball and auto thrusters, and once he regenerates twice, his numbers are over the. Um, the the TLT numbers like his his ratio goes better than one basically is the the short form of it okay so so if you can't regenerate twice because uh, the TLTs somehow got super lucky and rolled a bajillion hits on you and and just kill you too fast then then yeah you're not getting your points worth but if once you regenerate twice and then you probably get into their range one bubble of some of them, and that lets you regenerate some more, and and so on and so forth. Then he can he can easily snowball past that. But it was definitely the combination of posability, auto thrusters, and regeneration just to keep him alive, to keep those points alive uh, against TLTs that first drew me into him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the reason why I kept with him is because he cost more than thirty five points, and Suntir can't kill him. So. <laughs> Sure, I mean that's that's definitely a reason. And and because at that point it was the 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 two main lists that I was looking at beating were were TLTs and um, the Palpaces lists. And it's funny and, because at Worlds this year you faced the Quad TLT, I believe in what top eight. Yep. yep. And then you faced uh, Palpaces in top four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I faced Jeremy there in top four. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I got to see both those games in person, and yeah, I think the uh, the. The match against the, is the Polish national champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which who, you also played him in the finals of the uh, Imperial Assault, right? 
Uh, no, I played um different guy, Martin Martin Hoffman. Oh, Martin uh, Hoffman, yeah, yeah. I played I played Martin four times during the course of Worlds in different events. It was really weird. We kept That's running funny. into each other, but uh, yeah. So did did that game against the quad TLTs kind of? Did you feel vindicated? Were you like, okay, theory, practice, they match up. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really good. Um, for, against him, he made uh, a slight targeting error. Um, basically, you either have to go after Poe first and not let off of him until he dies, or you have to kill everything that's not Poe and hope you still have three TLTs left when when you do that. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he killed the the stress hog first and then went into Poe, which meant that he, um, he ran out of TLTs basically before I ran out of Poe is the short form of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, um, it, it's really the combination of the slots that, that really makes Poe great. Um, I think the only other T70 that's, um, really going to be seen a lot is that super tanky one that gets the uh, evade tokens and runs com relay red ace yeah yeah i never know what their names are i just call them tank <laughs> uh so we'll get back to him but first let's talk about those slots um sure so we'd like to walk through the different slots that the t70 has and maybe you can comment on like your feelings on each of those slots so let's start with the uh the tech slot so you've got weapons guidance and comms relay what are your thoughts uh, the tech slot is kind of garbage. <laughs> it's unfortunately, uh, the comms relay is the, is the good one. Weapons guidance. I never see anyone use. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to really use it. It's kind of a waste of points. Um, well, well, competitively. Um, but comm relay is, is good. Assuming of course you have like, it's really good on the, the tie FOs, but, on on, Poe and and the other T70s, it's not great unless you have some way of getting evades, obviously. Right. But, so did you see uh what was it? Um Aaron Bonner's I, list? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that list was really cool. So so yeah, he he did really well with that. Right. So that list we discussed it in the last cast, but uh, if you missed it, uh it's roughly it's Poe with Juke, uh R2 D2 and Auto Thrusters. And then it's a stress hog, and then finally there's Kyle, uh, who that's a it's a ship called the Hawk, the HWK. <laughs> if you if you haven't heard of it, yeah, it's it's a funny <laughs> little ship. Um, oh, I, so, I think I have one of those in the back of my uh, my my Plano case somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like uh, I've heard of this ship. I'm thrilled to finally find out what an extra attack dice costs because it's apparently twelve points. Um, if you look at the um, the the title upgrade on the. Uh, the jump master, but <laughs> would you pay 12 points for the Hawk? <laughs> I would not pay 12 points for an extra dice, but I guess maybe that's the point. Um, right. So, and then it was Kyle with, uh, Juke TLT and Jan Ors. His Poe had Juke, didn't he? Yeah, it did. Yeah. He juke. And, and, oh, right. And a comms relay, excuse me. It actually had the comms relay. Do you think that that's like, the thing is that you have to run, you have to run Jan somewhere to, to for that to work. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, once, once Jan dies, you have no other way of generating, uh, evade tokens, which kind of also kills com relay while it's at it, but, and juke on, on Poe. Yeah. But isn't that like you perma keep that, uh, evade unless you have to use it kind of like integrated astromech? Like that's essentially how you have to run that. Yeah. 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 Right. Unless you're, unless you're sure you're going to be able to get it back with Kyle handing off a, uh, an evade next turn, like 
that's the only reason you'd ever spend it. Yeah. All right. So let's do droid slot next. Um, so what do you think about the uh, different droids? Obviously, R2-D2 and R5-P9 um, seem like fairly obvious ships, or droids, rather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other ones kind of jump out at you as ones that make sense in the T-70? Uh, I I really can't imagine running it in any formation that's not um, as tanky and survivable as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're looking for a ship that does damage... You have you have better ships like like you can bring Corin and and he can punch out damage like pure just damage a lot better than than Pocan for example, mm-hmm. and and or you can just go cheaper to like B wings or something if you just want cheap damage or or Z ninety fives or TLT Y wings which are probably even better, um, but so so really whenever I look at a T seventy I always think of just keeping it alive as long as possible and, and applying its three attack dice as long as possible. And then I start thinking about how to, you know, add damage to, to the list. That's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, you want to build tanky. Um, interesting um, that, so you don't like, so let's talk about Elo Atsy really quickly, Elo Natsy, whatever. Um, let's talk about him really quickly. Uh, so you don't think that you're going to see a lot of him because there are some people who think that he's the best of the T-70 pilots. Especially with R3A2. Um, this is Jeff. Um, yeah, the, Jeff loves that. Yeah, the theorist made the point to us today that because of his crazy repositioning ability and with boost, he can kind of re- get really maximize the uh, sort of arc potential of R3A2. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's not bad. He's just not the way I fly ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I don't see, like, generally at... at High tables. If I see a T seventy, it's going to be uh, regenerating T seventy. I don't see too many of the the other T seventies out there that do well, and because unfortunately, I mean, it still has you know the two agility and six health, and that that dies really quick. Um, if you don't have any kind of like, if you're not running auto thrusters and regeneration, and you know, preferably posability too. On top of that, um, you can you can die in like two hits in two shots. So do you think that auto thrusters is compared to say integrated astromech, just a better play most of the time? Yeah. It'll usually save you more than the, the one health that integrated astromech saves you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's worth the points. Okay. So, um, what about, uh, the droid options for Poe? Poe can obviously take R five P nine or R two D two. You ended up taking R two D two in your worlds list. Like, what do you think the the differences are there? That which one would you prefer in different lists? Well, I took R two D two. I was thinking uh, there was going to be more of a stress meta. Like, I thought I was going to run into more stress hogs than I did. Um, it, I guess they they just weren't as popular at worlds. Um, and, and R2-D2 works really well with that. And R2-D2 is, is fun when you want to just go three forward and boost to get out of there. Um, R, R5-P9 is, I mean, R5-P9 is great too. Like you can, you can go four forward and get an eyeball, which is very similar to three forward and a boost, like, except you're, you're more defensive too. Mm-hmm. So, so R5-P9 is great when you're pretty sure you're going to get actions. And it's probably better than R2-D2 when you're, when you're going to get actions. Uh, if you're, worried that you're not going to get actions because um, 
you know, because you're going to get stressed or, uh, you're going to like get blocked by, by swarms or something, then R2D2 shines a little bit better there. Um, and I thought that I would be running into more stress pogs and more swarms than I did. And so actually, I mean, R5P9 might have been the better choice, uh, for worlds, but it all worked out. Yeah, but you see more and more stress hogs now than you did um, even a couple of months ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they when I said at Worlds that they should be the first ship you put in any Rebel list, like I really meant they should be the first ship you put in any Rebel list. They're they're just that good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God that there's Boba Fett to kill them now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but only one. We need like a clone Boba Fett army. Look, and, and Boba Fett plays for the best faction. I want you guys to think about that, and we can just continue on. Um, I mean, Scum really needs the help, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so it, it's time to stump Paul. All right, you ready? Okay. Torpedo slot. It has one? <laughs> um, if I had to put a torpedo in there, I mean, Flechette's probably where you, you start out, just because it's you know a cheap three die attack at range three that doesn't give them you, you don't want to lose more points yeah <laughs> basically yeah um i i still like ion torpedoes except they're super expensive and they're not very good but i mean i, I like them i wish they were good maybe they will be good once uh once you start seeing guidance chips and things on on other ships but i, I don't think you you put a torpedo upgrade on a t70 damn Okay, so we want to talk pilots, but before we do, I I want you to give us your thoughts on the Talon roll maneuver that the T-70s have, which is unique to them, and how you feel it kind of contributes to the overall strength of this ship. I I use the Talon roll a lot. Um, there's a lot of times when, when you know kind of where an opponent's going, and the 4K gets you really far away, but the, the 3 Talon roll, it makes you almost a full range increment closer to them. And so if you know that they're kind of running away, you can, you can use that. I've, I've used it a couple times in, um, in some of the vassal logs for, uh, for the Reddit league, um, basically to get range one shots where a 4k would have been a range two shot. So that, that's when you're using it like offensively. Um, you can also, it's kind of defensive when, when your opponent doesn't really, you, you know, your opponent knows that you're going to be turning around, but he doesn't know if, if say all three of them are open, he doesn't know which one of the three turnaround moves you're going to be taking. So it's, it's a lot harder to block correctly. And, and if he guesses wrong, then he just kind of gets hosed. Like he has a ship pointing out in the middle of nowhere and he didn't successfully block you and you're mm-hmm. pointing out his other ships. Yeah. You mentioned once to me after a, a game we played, it was the one that we drew last year in Aces League. Oh yeah how um, the Talon role effectively kind of hedges hedges like low pilot skill ships against higher pilot skill ships because it makes them much harder to predict. Um, and so you can kind of deal with aces better because of the Talon role. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot better. Um, like if I knew, for example, against your, your Jake, I knew your Jake was running off to the left, so I would just Talon roll to, I guess, my right, and, and then he would run off to the left, and I'd still have him in arc. I mean, I'd... I'd still miss the shot because he's Jake, but it, but at least I'd I'd have the chance to mm-hmm. get you to roll like four blanks. Okay, so let's talk about the next pilot. I think we've we've covered Poe pretty well. Um, the next pilot, at least 
by points in Pilot Skill is Elo Astley, uh, 30 points, PS7, has an EPT, and his ability is that he can do, uh, he can treat his Talon rolls as white if he's not stressed. So Theorist likes this guy a lot. He thinks this is the best, uh, the best pilot. Um, I gotta be honest, the T70, every time I see an X-Wing, I'm so worried to fly one. It feels like it's gonna crumble in my hands, like just by looking at it. And I think, that, um, the, I think that Ello, though, if you could, if you're really good at managing your arcs, you can do a lot of sweeping, I guess, um, in, in this formation flying. Yeah. So, Paul, what do you think are the kind of essential upgrades for this ship? Um, well, he's going to be doing a lot of Talon roll plus boost as I mean, that that's like kind of what he's made for. So and, and going back to where he was and pointing in different directions and, and just being a real nuisance. I like him with um, with VI veteran instincts uh, just so he can, you know, be the PS9 reposition ace rather than a ps7 because ps7 and ps8 is like the worst place to be right now in the metagame so you you really want to want to get up to nine um i i just i just don't like moving before centier and all those other guys especially with your with that repositioning ability right that's part of his uh his strength yeah that's why you're running him is, is the reposition um and and your opponent never knows are you doing the three left or the three right talent roll. So you you get you get a lot of different options. Um it's it's unfortunate that like because I really want to find places for stay on target. It's unfortunate that like I'm pretty sure the the stay on target your maneuver is treated as a red maneuver overwrites the your maneuver is a white maneuver. But <laughs> I always want to find some place for stay on target. Uh, I'm going to rep for a theorist here who says that uh, Predator is his choice 100% of the time. Um, since he's doing all that uh, trolling and uh, and boosting, he's going to want the uh, the Predator rerolls to kind of make his action his or his attack more efficient. Um, Jeff likes uh, R3A2 on him too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm, he does. So I, I gotta I gotta ask, what's the what's the use of R3A2 on him? Like you're only putting a single stress, and then once you use it, you become stressed, so you can't do a talon roll because you're stressed. You and it's no longer white. One. Yeah, no, I think you, the the only reason you use it is to shut down Sunter or or or, or, or some other ship that's that's pushed. Because if you can put that second stress on a ship that's pushed, then you know they're gimped for at least one round. That that's my yeah, read. The other the other thing you can do, I think Jeff is referring to, is you can you can talon roll behind someone. They're still facing where you used to be, and you can use R3A2 then to keep them stressed, and then they can't turn around to fight you. They're stuck doing two turns or, you know, doing green moves to clear the stress. Yeah, I you you can do that, but I mean you can do that with any any T seventy. There's no reason to, that LO Asti is the T seventy to put R3A2 on. Because if you talent roll behind someone and they haven't turned around with one with one where your your maneuver was a red maneuver then oh no you have two stress but they're never going to shoot again so i mean yeah it i guess it's nice on elo because then then he only has one stress and he can clear it 
um, and, and stay behind them and, and get actions while shooting at them, but, and, and restressing them over and over again. I think like he's got good arc control with the talent real boost. Yeah. I mean, that's at least an interesting, like surprise arc. Yeah. Okay. So if not R3A2, what other droids come to mind, Paul? <laughs> Am I going to get, get angry mail if I just keep on harping on regeneration? <laughs> uh, <laughs> although actually, uh, Elo Asti, like he's not going to want to use R2D2 because he's not going to be doing too many green maneuvers. Um, so he might actually think about R5P9, um, as his regen droid and then just sit on the eyeball, which, is kind of awkward since then you're not using it for anything other than regeneration. So maybe, maybe yeah, neither a regen droid. Maybe you want to get one of the other random droids that are out there. I don't even know what half the droids are. There's so <laughs> many droids. And so many of them are so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So why not BB-8 given that kind of his ability is already pretty quirky in terms of where he can land on the map. BB-8 you're, makes you're, him even more harder to predict. You're not going to be revealing green maneuvers. Like that's, yeah. You, you basically never want to do a green maneuver with Hello Asti. You, you always want to be either talon rolling or doing three turns or like just basically zooming all over the map and, and being as, as unpredictable as you can be. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to want to do the one bank unless you, unless your opponent is getting used to you zooming around all over the place. And then the one bank you think, well, we'll screw them over. And yeah, that's for like one or two moves. Yeah. All right, so that was Elo Asti. Yeah. You guys want to switch over to Red Squadron Vet, or you got more to say about our poor dead alien? I mean, he was cool in the movie. Was he? Yeah, I like. I guess he he didn't really get a chance to do any T rolls, right? Yeah, you would expect him to. <laughs> hey, the guy who does a cool maneuver, maybe he's got the coolest thing you can do in the game. Not the guy who dies like a punk. <laughs> All right, so let's do my favorite ship uh, of the T-70s, the Red Squadron Vet. And I like this guy a lot because I think the crack shot is just great on him. Crack shot plus R2 plus integrated astromech, and a couple of those can really dish out the damage. Paul, what are your, what are your thoughts on this ship? So so we're talking about the, the PS4 guy with the Elite, the generic? Mm-hmm, 26 points. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. I tried using him uh, pre-Worlds. Um, he was part of the list when I was like going through different T70 variants, trying to find the one that I wanted. And yeah, he, him with, uh, with crack shot or predator or, you know, any of the, the good ones to, to carry. Um, and an, an R2D2, uh, was in auto thrusters was what I, I, I tried out and it worked out pretty well. Um, obviously the, the pilot skill four is kind of a problem, but, um, it's fine with uh, like against all, any of the lower PS ships. Okay, so let's let's talk about the other the other red T seventy red Ace, twenty nine points PS six, um, no EPT, but the first time he takes he loses a shield each round he gains an evade token. So sort of the obvious combo that like pretty much everyone is running is comms relay so we can keep the evade token around and then R2D2 to make sure he's you know regenerating as many shields as possible to keep using his ability. And then you just throw auto thrusters on there because it makes them even tougher. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I like him a lot. I'm not sure if I like him more than Poe. Like he's with with com relay R two D two and auto thrusters, you're at thirty eight points. 
which is like Poe level anyway. So he he gets that extra evade token, but Poe gets the the eyeballs turn into evades, which you know is very similar. And Poe has a couple extra uh, pilot skill on him, but. I think it's just the case of Poe tainting everybody else by being so good, uh, much like Corrin. But, uh, but I really like this guy. He's, he's just a solid tank. He takes forever to kill, which, you know, sometimes that's what you're looking for is, is some guy that just doesn't die and just keeps throwing three dice at people. Especially in tournament play. I mean, on Basel, yeah. it's different, but over the board, the clock is a factor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of games that I've seen where, where Red Ace just, survives until you know half an hour passes where he's the last guy on the board and the the two remaining ships just can't catch up to him because he's doing like three forwards and boosting and or or maybe he does his his one bank instead if if they're getting close and they think he's going to do a three forward he's he's just good at dodging stuff and surviving yeah i i think that Red Ace is a ship that I think is up my alley and that it's very, very simple to run and it's effective at what it does. It just shows up and bullies people and then it doesn't die. Yeah, and like, you like those big tanky kind of lean on people until they fall over type lists. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about running uh, Tempest squads again just for uh, the ability to run a fade and then double hit. Those guys are just, they're nice. Okay, so let's let's talk about the last unique T seventy pilot, uh, Blue Ace, twenty seven points, no EPT on him, PS five, but he has a cool ability that says, you know, when you're boosting, you can use the one hard templates instead of one banks. I loved this guy. I I really wanted him to to break out and do awesome things. Like I was trying to trying to do so much stuff with him, I was like, I can I can regenerate with one banks and turning boosts and and do awesome things, and I just I couldn't get him to to really work as well as as his point value would uh, would require. It seems like he and R two D two should go well together. Like you look at it and you're like, oh yeah yeah yeah, but. There's something that's, that's missing about him. Like the one maneuver in the re- region's not great because you know exactly where that person's going to be. I'll tell you what he's missing. He's missing an EPT. I think you're absolutely right. Well, you can give him one. He's PS5. You can force him to have an EPT, but he loses his regen. Right, by giving him the droid? Yeah. And then what's the point? Then you can have an integrated astromech instead of autothrusters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then what what EPT makes sense on him if you're going down that path? Hell, if I know, I'll uh, let's see, let's <laughs> scroll through the, uh, the, the squad builder and find something cool for him. Probably predator because you want to augment his offense while he's taking boost actions. Lone wolf if your squad can support that, you know those kind of EPTs. Mm-hmm. I mean, push yeah. limit's not terrible because he's taking greens all the time. Well, he's, you don't have to take greens with R2-D6. Like, there's no reason for you to be taking greens. You'll be doing two turns and three turns and boosting. Sure. And basically doing K-turns without getting stress yeah. over and over again. That makes me think that, like, what if Red Ace was rocking um, Draw Their Fire and flying with Biggs? I mean, I know he doesn't have R2-D2, but um, he's super tanky. Pair him up with Biggs, 
now that you've got two three dice attack ships. Is that crazy? Um, no regen droid, right? Yeah, without the regen droid, I don't think that combo is as good. Yeah, he's not as tanky. If you go back in time to um to the twenty thirteen World Championships, right? Yeah, yeah, the twenty thirteen ones. They're so hard to remember yeah, all of them. They, they blend together, <laughs> but um. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Gomez in that one ran um Biggs uh Luke with Draw Their Fire and and R2D2 and like a couple other uh not Z95s they weren't out yet but rookies. And uh I think there might be a list where where yeah you take a T70 um give him a regen droid um draw their fire and and pair him with with Biggs and just fly the two down along, you know, hand in hand. And yeah, do basically the same thing that Jonathan was doing. Yeah. I think then. Richard, Richard's Hugh flew like wedge would draw their fire and bigs a lot in regional season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you should ask him on Nova podcast. Uh, he's got any ideas there. I bet he's got some creative solutions. Yeah. He, he loves uh, X wings and, and all those types of things. I'm sure he has something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Alex, we've made it to the very end. The last ship. What do we got? <laughs> we have Blue Squadron Novice. It's the cheapest one, cheapest generic, 24 points, PS2, no EPT. This is kind of your budget option for T70s. Now, this I guy I kind of like with R3A2. Like, yeah, if you're just looking for, yeah, if you're just looking for budget stress options, like something that's not a, a stress hog, you know, something that can turn and, and stay in the fight a little bit longer rather than the stress hogs, like one and done kind of, you know, zooms past, throws some stress and then is out of the fight for the rest of the game. Then, then the squadron novice is, is fine for making a little no fly zone for Centier at, at fairly cheap prices. So do you run any upgrades on that or do you just run that straight up? I mean, the thing is, is that you want that ship to be as cheap as possible because they're going to kill it. It's, Maybe Astromac, integrated Astromac. Yeah. Just make it tougher for a point. Yeah. It's one point for a, for a shield yeah. upgrade. I mean, why wouldn't you dig it? Yeah. And then it's just that or auto thrusters. And then you're starting to spend too many points. Is there any other sort of builds for the blue that I can think of? Like, I'm with you on that. I just can't think of any other. I, I think the popular one is just R2 Astromac and integrated, Ast- integrated Astromac just... Green moves and the extra HP. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll see more options if they print droids that are actually good. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, in competition, you're only going to really see like yeah two or three droids out there. The the better yeah. ones. One of these days, we're going to make a droid that makes Horton Psalm invincible. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm I'm praying. I'm praying for it. It's going to be mustache droid, and, and <laughs> it, if if your picture has a mustache on it, you gain like plus one attack die and plus one agility. I think this is the best card in the game. Hmm. Just Biggs is just suddenly super OP. Um, anyways, Paul, I want to thank you for. Uh, coming on the show it was i really appreciate it 
Fort Paul Heaver, better known as Fever. That's a ridiculous thing. I don't even know why I say it. Because he's Paul Heaver, and we all know who he is. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Paul. Sure. All right, cool. All hey, right. Ricky, I was watching you play on uh, on Vassal the other night. You are playing my old buddy Pixhead. How'd that go? It it uh yeah we can do this. Uh, <laughs> it went poorly. Um, I played Pixid. I had seen that he had played. Uh, had been playing three ship rebel with uh, Wes, Kean, and Biggs. And I thought to myself, I I wanted to out um dance him. Um, that seems like that's the right call when you see that. So I decided I would do whisper. I would do uh, Omega Leader, and then I would do um, something else that I thought was scary. I thought that I would pick um, the new Doom Shuttle, the Mini Doom Shuttle, like the the Night Terror Shuttle. You know, like not not that bad, but pretty bad. Um, and I with the uh, the Tie Bomber. And I think I flew a obsidian with that so I could self bump the, uh, the, the, the mini shuttle. And all things considered, I think that was not a terrible medical. Um, we, uh, I, I played Pixid and, and to make a long story short, I got, uh, I got trounced and it was pretty embarrassing because I forgot, uh, I, I, I forgot. Um, ACD one time. I forgot the new cloaking rules. I forgot Rebel Captive. Um, Pixid, which, I mean, of course, Sozin will remind everyone is like the Pythagoras of like X-Wing and where he taught us all how to move. And I had a little bit of nerves and uh, it was pretty terrible uh, to put it uh, shortly. Right. So I should mention that Pixid has a game that he plays when he listens to our podcast, which is every time we say the word Pixid, he's got to take a drink. Um, so I just encourage you to say picks it as much as possible in every podcast. Um, can, can, uh, well, before we do this, can you, uh, go over to his place and take a picture after about two minutes of me saying picks it? I mean, if you can do this, this is happening. I'm just saying. Yeah. Sadly, he lives way in the South side of town and uh, I don't have a car. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, anyways, um, I played him and it went poorly and, um, so I, I kind of, I, I talked to you that day. Um, no, you, I, I stayed up till like 11 o'clock that night, like talking you off a ledge. Yeah, I was, I was pretty hot, right? You were pissed. And I think you like went probably, yeah, I bet you couldn't sleep that night. I, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I had, I didn't have nightmares, but I definitely didn't sleep well because it was, I was really frustrated with the fact that, you know, um, like, I, I I want to fly well, and I and it's not that I think that I'm a bad. I, it's not like I think that I'm bad at X wing, but um, I've gotten very inconsistent, and it drives me nuts because there are moments that I can play someone like Paul, or I could play someone like Don Cairo and win, and there are times where I can just absolutely just forget how ships work and forget new timings and just absolutely lose rules and. It got to the point where I'm like, that's it. Um, I am going to, I'm going to go into training. I'm tired of this. I'm going to go and, um, try and fix my problem so I can play better. Cause if I'm going to be playing in front of people, I should be 
you know, I should be consistently, you should expect something from me. Yeah. Especially um, since you're kind of like a world famous X-wing dude. Like you show up to the table, yeah, walk out yeah. like, damn, it's Ricky. Oh, he keeps forgetting how to, to close. Yeah. That dude, <laughs> that dude like doesn't know rebel captive, homie. Come on. Um, yeah, you got to make the podcast look good. You're a pirate Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes I can, but I'd, sometimes I don't. And it drives me nuts. Um, uh, yeah, you're very inconsistent, but when you play well, you play really well. Um, okay. So did you find a coach? Who's your guy? So like- I, I, I got, I got a Mick cause I, I decided that, uh, the next day I woke up and I decided, you know what? I'm determined. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on, get, get up and train right with people. And, um, um, I asked Blair Bunky, who is, you know, a very, very good player and plays, um, I think a similar style to the kind of game that I play, um, who's playing it really well right now. Um, I asked if he'd help me and he said he would. So we have been like in the middle, like it's the early session where I'm chasing the chicken around and I can't catch it yet. That's kind of how I feel, but, um, at least I'm on the montage right now. Nice. So does this end with you like playing kinetic operator in the finals of a regional and kicking his ass? Well, uh, I do owe Aaron at some point. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, it's, there's some, sort of me playing the scum faction um, in a scum and villainy shirt, like, uh, like doing some like glitter stem, like shaking <laughs> my trophy up in the air. Like <laughs> uh, that sounds sorted. I, I feel like, I feel like that at some point that's the end of the movie. I don't know the beginning. Uh, I am going to be doing, um, I am going to be walking through sort of uh, what I learning and, and the sort of things that, uh, you should be paying attention uh, to. I'm going to start writing that down. So I'm going to do a little bit. Uh, well, I think I'm going to do either an article this month or next month. It depends on what we have, uh, what we have set up where I'm going to talk about. This is sort of the journey that we went through and sort of the things that we learned. Um, so I, I don't know. That's good, bad. I think that's terrible. That's definitely worse than likes. So, I mean, it could be worse. Your booty section could just be sad self-loathing or angry self-loathing. Yeah, you didn't so much. as my bounty section. You didn't so much like get booty as you lost booty. Yeah, like I got a chunk of it that's gone (laughs) for me right now. Um, That's the pirate way, though, Ricky. uh, You'll get it back. You're not not a good pirate until you lost an eye. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just just science. (laughs) So speaking of ugly white dudes, um, (laughs) the punishing one, Dengar, Dengar is beautiful. He just had a lot of, think about if your face got melted by a, um, what are, what were they called? What are the X-Wing or the Star Wars motorcycles called? The pod. That's a pod racers. No, 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 no. They're not, uh, they're not land speeders. Oh no. Oh no. You're forcing me to use the internet. Oh no. This is going to drive me nuts. Anyways. It's the uh, speeders. No, it's not the land speeders. It's like the junk jury rigged versions of land speeders. And they look like motorcycles. Mm. Anyways. um, He and Han Solo got into a race and he fell off and Han Solo melted his face off with exhaust. And that's why his face is all messed up. So when you think Han Solo is pretty and nice. Oh no. Oh no. He melted a dude's face off. I think that was, I think in the story it's an accident, but that happened. This is your, this is your lore from Kelvin Tiberius. I still don't know what a, you know, a a star Wars motorcycle is, but I'll figure it out. 
Yeah, so I, Dengar is hilarious. I really like the way he looks. He's like this kind of... He's like he just wandered out of a hospital. Swoop. It's a swoop. I remember. Sorry, I had to get that out. It's a swoop. He lost his face in a swoop battle with Othon Solo in a swoop race. Yeah. So, okay, we got the... Just today, we got the payback article. It finally hit after, geez, weeks, if not months, of everyone begging FFG to... to to tell us more about the jump master. It's the last do you ship. Think, uh, do you think the title was, uh, uh, intentional? Uh, well, yeah. Isn't that his nickname? He's, he's called the, what, what do they call him? The payback. That's one of his. Aliases. No, I was thinking in terms of like, they were like, uh, like, we're going to pay you back for waiting for so long. Oh, a little double entendre there. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, they did troll us this morning on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the actual stuff that got released. Alex, why do we have to do that? <laughs> All right, so so break it down for us. Okay, so let's let's talk about the dial, which is probably the most interesting thing about the ship. They they promised us an asymmetrical dial. I think they delivered. Um, let's just go through it. It has um, one forward, one straights, and one hard turns. But only the straights and the left one movements, so the left one turn, the left one bank, and one forward are green. The other two are white. This is sort of his theme. He can turn well to the left and not as well to the right. So similar thing with the uh, the two speed maneuvers. Green two turn to the left. Uh, green two left bank. Green two straight. And the the uh, maneuvers to the right are both white. He gets a two sloop to the left that is white. And that a, is crazy sauce, by the way. Yes. White sloops are going to be pretty good. And then he also has, if you want to be unpredictable, he has a uh, two sloop to the, to the right, but that one is red. So he turns, he, he, he turns left better. That's the reason... Uh, is because the engines are on the right-hand side, so it kind of powers you to that sort of turn. I don't know why you would design a starship that way, but I do think the dial is interesting. Okay, let's let's finish it out for quickly, sure. quickly. So he has he has a couple three-speed maneuvers, three banks, three forward, all white, four forward this white, and a four K turn that's red. If you want to mix up your turning around abilities, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool dial. I like it. Like dials that have green hard turns are always good, even if this one is a little predictable. But you have a turret, so who cares if you're kind of predictable? So how does that sort of play into your game plan when when you're building the ship? Because I mean, I guess the idea is that you can play off of it, but I mean, it does. You are going to prepare for a turning left. It's so weird. It's like it's. Man, I, should I make an elderly driver joke right now? I mean, they always have their turn signal going left, and eventually they're going to make that left. I don't. It, I think if I think you could safely predict if your opponent is flying Dengar or any any jump master, they're going to set up on their right side of the board so that they'll be able to turn in to the left. Right. Well, the other option is they'll set up uh, turn sideways. Facing the right yeah. side of the board, so when they do finally turn in, they'll come in on their strong side. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's going to be making counterclockwise movements about the board. Um, so uh, Dengar does have a ship uh, that uh, a specific ship for the jump mastery as the punishing one that has been um, represented in uh, this game by a title card. What's it do? It just increases your primary weapon value by one, and it costs you know twelve points. <laughs> is that is that is twelve points worth it? I keep wondering about this. I can't like I I have a hard time going from two two attack dice to three dice is a big jump. It's also a turret. Like it probably is worth it if you're making the ship you know defensive and get it like predator some way to get re rolls and you don't want to slap just the punishing one title on a ship because it does have the ability to have turrets right and. There are some at least decent turrets. Like currently there's TLT already. Um, but there's also, I mean, I actually, I actually don't like dorsal except on Cavill, but I mean, there is dorsal coming out too. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some pretty fat Dengars as a result of this. But Theorist points out that with the extra toll points, the cost is still in line with the Falcon's cost. And you're basically trading durability for a barrel roll. Um, and that, that barrel roll repositioning is a pretty good trade. Um, so I'll also weigh in with Sable's thoughts here. Uh, he says that this card gives you two ships in one. It's a light, cheap two dice turret ship and an expensive, heavier three dice, three dice attack version. Uh, well, I think you should always take the title. The contracted scout with minimal upgrades could also be a beast. So, yeah, I think that, um, we'll talk about the scout in a bit, but. Uh, I think this is very reminiscent of the the 2400, where you see it with HLC and Outrider, or you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, 25 points is not like the cheapest one. We're gonna get actually, we might be able to talk about this, but 25 points at the at its cheapest is nothing. Like. I mean, that's that's pretty darn small. You can do some stuff with that. Yeah. So that's the uh, contracted scout's cost, and the scout has an EPT. So, yeah, let's talk. So so the, the contracted scout, it's PS3, 25 points, and it has a pilot talent along with all of the normal upgrades. Um, what sort of uh, pilot talents are good for a PS3 contracted scout? Adaptability, and then you add three more contracted scouts. Just four of them flying around the board. That's a Sable idea, by the way. He's he's such a dirty thinker. Like it's great. Just throw like Gunner and Predator on them, or Crack Shot, or yeah, there's a lot, especially in conjunction with. I mean, they have illicit upgrades as well. I mean, there's going to be, I think, a bunch of different ways of loading out these scouts. Yeah, I think there's some good options. Being PS3 is pretty good pilot skill. You get the jump on all the the PS1 and 2 lists, and no one's really running PS4 and 5. Mm-hmm. So um, when I think about uh, PS3, it's not terrible versus, um, you know, golds. I mean, it's got a decent spot for it. Um, do you think four of these, I keep thinking about what Sable said, four of these at PS4. Um, what sort of uh, other 
pilot uh PS3 pilot talents are that there are um there are there's the green squadron so they they might go well they might go well with them. Mm, true. Yeah. Only when they were in the same faction. Um yep. I think that uh okay. probably Crackshot is decent on these guys. Yeah, Crackshot is yeah, the best one of the best low point cost DPTs, so it goes well pretty much everywhere. True. So let's talk about uh Manaru, who's the PS4 ship that came out. Um at the it's got a nice ability where at the start of the combat phase you can assign all focus evade and target lock tokens assigned to you to a completely different ship. And all it has to it has to be a friendly ship. Yeah. A friendly ship, but still. <laughs> it's so good. This is such a scummy ability. I think that the design team just nailed it on this 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 ship. It it just screams scum and villainy. <laughs> um do you think of any do you, can you think of any uh, uh fun combos for that? Probably this was suggested, I think, by Jeff or someone, but K4 security droid, an unhinged astromech, you can pick up a focus, pick up a target lock on someone, and then hand those off to someone else to get a really accurate shot. Yeah, and you end up having nine green maneuvers on your dial. And that also helps adjust, you know, like you're no longer as weak on the right side, right? Yeah, unhinged is great on these guys, the more I think about it. Yeah, because uh, cause he can start to move right as well. And that three bank is incredible. Mm-hmm. So Jeff wanted to point out something that is a benefit. Um, in, and something that they mentioned in the article is that you can move target locks that are on you, meaning if someone target locks you. So if, say, Vader is um, coming after you or the Inquisitor is trying to make a shot on you, you can move that to another target within range. Uh, actually, it's another friendly ship straight up. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so you can run super tanky with this and just move uh, tokens around. The The only problem with that is you'd like your super tanky ships to actually be doing something. And it's going to be hard to doing something if you are always giving away your tokens. Mm-hmm. Like your opponent can just shoot all your other ships and Vader just saves, starts attacking with you with his advanced targeting computer once everything else is dead. I don't know. I, the thing about moving your target lock to somebody else is with a PS4, you're really doing it at that second round of engagement, and that's not that great anyways. I mean, you really want to deliver that as early as possible. Mm-hmm. I think another neat thing about him is that, or her rather, I guess, is because it's the, the start of the combat phase, and you're assigning a focus action or evade action or target lock to another ship, that should allow them to proc off that that focus evade or target lock and push, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that... Uh, no, no, no. no you're you're assigning, you're it's not a, taking an action. Oh, it's assignment. Drat. Okay, well, that would be cool if you could, but... You can do it with that uh, new link ability that we'll get into. Mm, yeah. So, um, Tel Travera's got... Uh, so, anyways, let's move into this next one. Tel Travera has um, the ability that this is pretty fun. The first time you would be destroyed uh, instead of canceling any remaining damage, you can discard all your cards and deal four face down damage cards to your ship, all your damage cards 
you discard. Um, so essentially you get a second life. That is what's up. Yeah. You're P- you're also PS seven. You have an EPT. You're only 30 points. That is what's up. That is awesome. Yeah. So hull upgrade is going to be great on tell. Make it more survivable. And it, it helps on that second time around as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're basically double dipping, right? Yeah. Uh, the new, uh, gonk upgrade seems like, uh, that could be good here as well because it has the ability to region, um, shields as well. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, this, uh, this it's, I feel like it's either going to be this card or it's going to be Dengar. That's going to be the card, um, or the pilot of, uh, for this ship. I'm not sure which it's going to be because Dengar does have a very strong ability. All right, let's do uh, it. What is his ability, Ricky? Well, we, we, we know Dengar. We've spoiled him before, but just to, just to remind everyone once per round after you, uh, when you defend, after you take your shot, you can perform a, so long as they're within your firing arc, you can perform an attack against the ship that fired against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a nice defensive hard shot. Obviously you probably want def- the punishing one to get more value out of that ship, but, or out of that, uh, upgrade, but PS nine is really, really good. And this is the first ACE that I think that actually scares people in scum. Like I'm not crazy on that. Am I? Yeah. I mean, he's not just good with the ladies. He's actually a good pilot. <laughs> that ugly face is not. I mean, we can't even lie. Like we love scum and villainy. We love the faction, but Dengar, bro, <laughs> your face is melted. <laughs> it's really weird. So speaking of Dengar, he's also a uh, crew card. What's the crew do? That was spoiled as well. Yeah. So for three points, when attacking, you may reroll one attack die. If the defender is a unique pilot, you may reroll up to two attack dice. Like this is this is a very strong card. Predator is an extremely good card. This is Predator in a crew slot, but instead of instead of being good against um, low pilot skill ships, now you're good against unique pilots. Right, which is perfect in the current meta, which is kind of dominated by the elite pilots. So where does this sort of slot in as a good crew? Because it fills a lot. Like Predator is obviously very, very good. So it fits a lot of spots. So it kind of compares to K3 security droid, which is the one where you take green maneuvers, you get a target lock. Now you can stick this on someone, maybe like Bosk. Who, now you don't have to do as many green maneuvers. You're still being, still getting accurate shots. That's That's what I'm thinking. So to to bring up your K three comparison, I can't remember off the top of my head how much is K three? Is that three as well? Yes. But nice. Dengar lets you do non green maneuvers. Yeah. I mean it's like a persistent ability. There's no contingency, right? You just mm-hmm. you get to use it. Yeah. And that that also means if you're running a uh, twin laser turret, for example, if you're a Hawk that has this guy as your pal, now you can now you can modify both twin laser turret shots. Mm-hmm. The one thing I worry about with Dengar is like you're putting him on a ship that's like doomed to die with those hawks. Yeah, that is the problem. The hawks little lackluster. Right. So the YV is an obvious choice then. Mm-hmm. Hard to kill. 
Yeah, I think that the YVs have been waiting for good true cards to come out, and they may finally be here. Right. So Jeff also points out that um, this guy's good on any ship that needs to reposition. Um, so, for example, a Tell is PS7. They've got the barrel roll. Tell will likely use that barrel roll to reposition to get firing arcs with her primary. Um, so now, now she doesn't have to worry about you know losing the action on the, the barrel roll. She's got she's got some re rolls from him. Yeah, I think that you're going to see him there, and you are absolutely right about the hound's tooth. Like that's obviously a very very good spot for it. Um, let's go into some of the other crew. The one we mentioned before was Gonk. Um, this is uh, two points, and this is really interesting. It's the first scum regen mechanic. You have the ability to take an action, place a shield token on the crew, and then take another action and move that shield token onto the ship that uh, Gonk is on. So Gonk can recharge shields for two points. Now it takes two, two actions, but still, that's pretty good. I I disagree. I mean, okay. compared to the other shield regen options you have, compared to the other defensive options you have, R5, P9, the, it costs you one action. Granted, like Gonk lets you kind of bank actions, but you're never going to be able to bank more than one or two. And I don't know, like R2-D2, you get to do green moves. You know, doing green moves isn't all that bad of a big of a cost. Like I, I just don't see him comparing as well to other other defensive cards in other factions. Yeah, yeah, but it, it is only two points. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I feel like you, it's like you have to run um, you have to run uh, experimental interface, which you don't see a ton of, but I guess you don't have to run, but it certainly combos decently. It's Yeah, it certainly helps. This is probably the first card where experimental interface is actually a, a really good addition. So can you walk us through how that combo works? Yeah, um, so the experimental interface, what that does is that procs when you take an action that isn't um, on your ship's uh, action bar, right? So anything that's added from another card that says action that also doesn't simultaneously say add this action to your action bar. Gonk has two of those actions, um, place one shield on your card and then, then move it, right? So you can take an action, external interface, give yourself a stress, and then take a Gonk action to either regen a shield on the, um, on the crew or to place one on your ship. Um, oddly enough, and this is just a rules question that I have, we haven't necessarily answered. Are those two different actions or is the card itself the action? Those are two different actions. So they, you they could, both say, they both have action. say action colon. Mm-hmm. So you can, so you could ex- experimental interface the same card to move a shield over to your, um, to your ship. Yeah. I mean, you're stressed, but could be worse, right? Yeah, but then that's what you take uh, K4 uh, for, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, so the problem with, with that is that, you know, this guy's best on higher agility ships, you know, ships you want to have around longer, which is basically the Jumpmaster. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really want to be putting this on a Hawk. A Hawk is too fragile. The the YVs, um, one agility ships, aren't, aren't really that great for... The, regening a shield isn't as powerful on 
one agility ship. Sure. So. And and you can and you can go R five P nine. Well, actually, no, because it's an unhinged, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. And and the Jumpmaster only has one crew slot. So if, if you had if you had two, you could go with K four security droid. Um, and gonk. gonk. Yeah, and then you would take unhinged as your uh your droid. I mean, I still think taking experimental interface gonk and unhinged is is a pretty solid mm-hmm. combo, but it just feels like it it's not as good as the the rebel options, like so many other scum cards and scum ships. True. All right, so let's talk about. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Let's talk about Mindlink. Mindlink is a uh, is a pilot talent where it's scum only. Where when you're assigned a focus or a stress token, um, each other friendly ship must be uh, assigned the same token if it doesn't already have one. So lots of focus or lots of stress. So we should mention this point. is this is an EPT. It costs one point, and like I have to say, it this card is this card is not good. This <laughs> card is eating your EPT slot on multiple ships. The biggest benefit you're going to get out of it is a focus action, and occasionally it's going to give a bunch of your ships stress when they don't really want to. You because you now you can't turn that whole formation around. You can only turn one of them a turn because. The rest of your ships suddenly have stress. Like this is just not not up to par. It makes me sad because it sounds cool, um, but yeah, like being able to like this. If you were able to just share focus, I think that for one point it's pretty good, right? I mean, like yeah, I mean, I'll start to think about it. Um, but the ability, the sharing stress. Making R three A two and TLT in the title even even better. Well, well, it's not quite that bad because it only gives you a stress token if you don't have one, so you can't hand off like ten stress to everyone at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, it still but, lets you hand out an extra stress. Yeah, it's still not good. Like Rebel Captive is still a good card. All right, and so I wanna I wanna cover the last card because I think it. Um, I think conceptually is one of my favorite cards that we've come up with. And I think does have a lot of possibilities, but conceptually it's just fun. Um, it's just pure and simple rage. It's a, a an elite pilot talent that gives it's, it's an action, which we finally get another um, pilot talent action. That seems pretty good. You can assign yourself a focus token and receive two stress tokens but until the end of the round, when you attack, you can reroll up to three attack dice, which is essentially target lock focus, but you get stress. Yeah, this would this would be good on like an alpha strike. You know, if you're trying to hit with a concussion missile. Uh, I. What do we think about youngster here? Um, I think there's a little bit of potential, but you have to be running stress removal mechanics in your list, like giving yourself two stress is is pretty bad right so add like yeah epsilon leader yeah epsilon leader maybe a black or an omega with wingman to sort of help out then then maybe that seems like a lot of uh, points to dump into um into one kind of combo i mean but it's it's better than hellrunner yeah 
So something I, I, I have a couple of questions for you. Let's let's start off with the obvious one. Uh, Tycho makes sense here, right? Well, Tycho kind of makes sense, but Tycho. <laughs> so many, so many other points. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great, and he's he's sort of still stuck at the PS8 zone. So that's it. Uh, does give him target lock focus for an action, but yeah, I follow you. It's just like. The problem is, is that you can't get him to PS9 while also still having push the limit and, and rage, right? You just can't fit it all together. Yeah. So the other ship that gets rid of stress, we have Porkins and the X-Wing who can risk taking a damage to get rid of a stress. I'm not sure it's really worth the, how much risk you're, you're getting just to get, you know, Essentially, well, target lock focus. You have to take them with the heal droid too, right? Yeah, presumably. I'm a little worried this is going to make Porkins overpowered, though. Really? Do we are going to enter the era of angry Porkins? <laughs> He's going to be everywhere. Trust me. I can't, I can't. I cannot. I can't trust you right now. <laughs> I, think I can't. He, I don't I think, do it. I think he's going to be on everyone's shelf collecting dust. <laughs> like, like, uh, I, cause I think you're messing with me, but I want you to, I want you to sell me so badly because I want Porkins to be good because that's hilarious, but I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Although I think Sable's pretty excited. His exact quote was guys, guys, Porkins, Porkins. <laughs> um, a forlom's not bad. Cause forlom can hand off uh, stress, right? Yeah. It's dirty. He'll, He'll rage and then stress on you. <laughs> okay, once again, let's talk about how funny it is that a droid is, you know, not, not only do we now have a droid who can take drugs, but we have a droid that can get angry and hurt people mm-hmm. with emotions and stuff. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think this was very, very exciting. I think that Boba Fett is... Of the cards, it's definitely one of the most exciting, but there's a lot of really interesting things here. Uh, specifically, Dangar, I think, is really going to go a long way to legitimizing Scum to having an ace to play with. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. You know, go go team. You know, our 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 our, our team finally gets a good uh, a good pilot. Um, so that was the. The punishing one preview payback um, as they finally pay us back and give us a damn preview. Um, all right, so finally we're going to cover some lists. Wait, before we do, Ricky. Before we do, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, are you going to challenge a certain marketing department to a X-wing match? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I I wanted to say that uh, we definitely while we liked. The preview, uh, there were plenty of inconsistencies in the lists, and we think that as Scum and Villainy, we would uh, do a better job of explaining what's good about the Scum and Villainy ships than the marketing department at uh, FFG. So if uh, you're listening, FFG Marketing, we uh, we challenge you to a uh, Scum duel, and you can uh, fit... Uh, Gonk into the uh, unhinged Astromex slot. We'll give we'll give you that as a freebie. Um. <laughs> I, I have to go out on a limb here and say that, from all indications, the marketing department doesn't play a lot of X Wing, so I feel like they maybe aren't listening to us. Uh, that's 
that makes me a lot more sad. You had to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Alex. <laughs> Realist glasses half full over. Wait, that's over here, not over there. Um, all right. So, uh, we do want to cover your lists. We asked for, uh, store championship lists because we were going to cover store championships and then payback came out. So we're going to cut this version a little bit shorter and we're going to cover store championships in their full, uh, glory next podcast but we did want to go through some store championship lists and give some people some thoughts and sort of go through some lists that we might see at store championships um our boy where platypus or girl i suppose i don't know that so where platypus comes and uh gives us two lists to cover wasn't necessarily sure what they wanted to fly but uh thought that we might uh, have some input there. Wanted to have a fun list to play during store championship season. The two lists. List one, Torkel Mux with twin laser turret and Bosk. French Caesar with VI and vet, uh, fire control systems, as well as auto thrusters and the Virago title. A binary pilot and a syndicate thug with twin laser turret for 100 points. Um, I think that's a very, very solid scum list. Um, and then uh, Shizor, the other list, list two, was Shizor again with uh, Vet Instincts, Fire Control Systems, Auto Thrusters, and the Virago title. And then two Transocean Slavers, Transocean Slavers, sorry, I can say that, jeez. And uh, Feedback Array, two of those at 99 points. Uh, what do you think about each list and which would you fly? Let's start with uh, Alex. Um, I kind of like the second list a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know, Transocean Slavers seem cool. Let you bring the firepower, print Caesar. Now we have someone really tanky to hand off that damage to. Um, I don't know, it seems okay. Um, if you. If you have two feedback array in the lists, like I don't think Caesar really needs veteran instincts. Like you should be able to kill anyone that's really high pilot skill with feedback array or just, you know, shooting at them regularly. So maybe you drop veteran instincts and put crack shot or lone wolf because you have an extra point. That would be that would be my only thing. Uh, what do you think, uh, Lyle? What do you like between those two lists, and uh, what do you like it? I like the first list actually. Um, I like that you got Zizor in there, um, sucking down, or with with two good bodyguards next to him that can kind of soak up damage on his behalf. And I always love to see a good Torkel Mux list in there. But what's bothering me is that Torkel does not have cloaking device. <laughs> Um, what kind of monster are you? I know, I know. But, I mean, cloaking device is coming. It's going to be great, especially on these dirty hawks. Um, and so I've been struggling to find a way to fit it in because, unfortunately, he's at 100. And you gotta you got to take out two points from this list before you can fit in cloaking device. And I don't like dropping Bosk off Mux because I, I think a cloaked Bosk Torkoal is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the only really way I can see doing it is downgrading um, Zizer to Guri. 
I think that's a good call, actually. Mm-hmm. But that only he, buys you one point. Uh, to uh, to bring up, uh, just because I uh, I want to talk about this, I actually agree. I think I like the first list more, but I personally like to fly with you know as many ships as possible. Um, and not to mention, I think that there are more places to, for Shizor to drop stuff off. But the thing I keep thinking is Torkoal Mux is, isn't he your, your, uh, attack versus high pilot skill? And so Shizor doesn't need to be PS9 and then doesn't need to be Shizor. And then you have a couple extra points to play around with. And what would you do with a Guri? How would you build a Guri out? Well, I think that. I like Guri with calculation because mm-hmm. it kind of pairs naturally with her ability. Um, so unfortunately you're still, you, you have no points left to spend. You have to either have to drop Virago and fire control systems or drop the uh, auto thrusters. And I think auto thrusters is just too good on her. And so you've got to basically drop the uh, title as far as I can tell. Um, but that puts you at 98 points. If you, if you got Gurry with calculation and auto thrusters, you got two points to spend. So if, if I'm run, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I agree with you that I think Gurry is probably better in this list than Zizor. Cause I think like what your, what your game plan is, is to attack with Zizor and the pirate and have those guys up front and, you know, get in range one combat with the enemies there and have Torkoal and the Y-Wing kind of off to the side, putting in some long range fire. And so if you're, if you're going to be at range one, like being Guri is just as good as Zizor. So. Yeah, it's al- almost that. better, right? Cause if her built in ability. Every well, time I look, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, the only, the only upside is, People will still shoot at Guri, where sometimes they just don't shoot at Zizar, even though they really should. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got it. You ready? I've got the list. All right. So it's Guri with calculation and auto thrusters. That's 33 points. The pirate, another 12. The thug um, with a TLT is another 24. And then you close it out with Torkoal with TLT, Bosk, cloaking device, and a Stygium particle accelerator. So you so you really are all in on cloaking device. Yeah, I mean, I figure if I'm going to throw good money after bad, I might as well throw even more um, in the form of the sticky and particle accelerator. Uh, but it looks like fun, right? I mean, th- this is a very scummy, fun list to fly. I don't know if I'd fly it in a store championship, but I would definitely um, do it in casual play or on Vassal. Does Bosk play well with cloaking device? Because you can't perform the cloak action. Yeah, you get the stress token. And then you can't perform an action. Uh-huh. Okay, good call. So you can take Bosk out. You're back to 98. <laughs> Here we are. We're just sitting there. Can I make this work? Oh, I could totally make this work. Uh-huh. Interesting. You could also just scrap Guri completely and replace her with someone like uh, you know, Jumpmaster pilot. Uh, when does uh, is Jumpmaster going to be out for Sword Championship season? When does this come out? End of January. Oh, wait, no, sorry, end of Feb- end of February. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, we're I think past, we can we're as- we can assume it's getting closer because they finally released the last preview. But 
probably still a couple weeks out. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's something that you can do there. I'm following, I'm following what you're stepping in here. Could you do Cavill there? Oh, you could. Why, why am I thinking about this? All right. Yeah. The problem with going with Cavill is it kind of takes away the, the technique that, that Alex was talking about where you have two hard ships coming in to be your Lance and then two ships on the outside being your, uh, um, your, you know, your kind of long range snipers. Well, uh, so <laughs> I, we're sitting there. We think that, uh, I like that list. I'm not sure that she's or is necessary, but I'm not necessarily sure what we could put there, but we definitely wanted to talk about that list. So, where platypus, those that's our thought on uh, your potential scum store championship list. Please win because we love scum and villainy and we want it to win more. You know, go go pirates, go team pirate. Um, anyway, so thanks for uh, doing that. That's been our show for Alex Robeck, better known as Anti Grapist, and Lyle Havers, better known as Sozin. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. Galactic Colonet, thank you for listening and good hunting.